0: This podcast is dedicated to the proposition that every Christian should be a constant and devoted reader of the Bible, and that the primary business of the Church and its ministry is to lead, foster, and encourage people in this life-changing habit.
1: Okay, so let's jump right in here. We are Thriving in the Word. We're back again. We got Johnny with us, Lenny with us, Mike, Ben, myself, of course. And so we are jumping in. Uh, This is episode, I'm going to say, 111, um, probably episode, I don't know, six or seven in Acts. Uh, We were reading Acts 1 through 7. Now we've kind of added in there 8 through 14. And so just open it up anything stand out to you guys as you've been reading uh this past week
2: yeah so i felt like last week we glossed over um the actual physical i guess you can call it like the holy spirit inspired word that god gave stephen yeah. to give give a retelling well that's a
1: quite quite a sermon in there
2: yeah a, a retelling of what happened uh, in the old testament from abraham ultimately right right and it's the way he puts it is succinct it's 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 so powerful that they literally drive him out gnashing their teeth in anger, right? And commence to stone him to death, right? Um, the part that stood out to me that I wanted to discuss is super duper important for today's Christian, for the, for the person pursuing Jesus and studying the scriptures and attending church and trying to draw near to God, which is this idea of, and I, I brought it up a couple times before, it's this idea of why, why all the foreskins in the Old Testament, why all the circumcision? It's kind of a joke, right? And, and it's like, why did God want Abraham to cut the, the you know, the genitalia uh, skin of himself at like 99 years old and also a uh, baby Ishmael and and eventually Isaac, right? And of course, not just them, but every person after that and even their male servants, right? right? It's like, what a weird request. But if you read the Bible in its entirety, which is what you should do with any book, is not just take out little excerpts or you know little chapters, but read the book cover to cover in its entirety. You'll see that this was like a type or a shadow, like we see with Jesus. Like Jesus is the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel, the one who would unite um, people of the covenant promise of Abraham with those who are not part of that. Whether you call them Gentiles or pagans or heathens or non-Jews, whatever or non-Israelites, whatever you want to call them, right? So Moses was that person who set the captives free, just like Jesus did david delivered them from the giant right uh, goliath and and did the same thing with them and so on and so forth there's all these types and shadows so circumcision yes was a physical act done to um male children and male servants um children on the eighth day as a very physical representation of what needs to happen to your heart and your ears according to acts chapter seven um verse 51 down to 53 and I'm just gonna read uh, from 51 down to like 52 right you stiff-necked people and uncircumcised in your hearts and in your ears you constantly resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did so uh, so you also do which the prophets did your fathers uh, or which of the prophets did, the, did your fathers not persecute? and they killed those who announced it beforehand about the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have become now. Right? So this is what's so profound about this. It's the idea of the circumcision of the heart and of the ears, right? You often hear maybe it taught about with the heart, but it's also your ears. You will harden your heart or you will deafen your ears to the scriptures, to what the prophets say, what the law says, what Jesus taught, all these things. And it's it's a very profound idea. Um, this this concept of what is this weird old-timey Jewish stuff or Hebrew stuff, and how is it relevant to today? But it has every importance to us today as a Christian because you have to ask yourself: Am I resisting the Holy Spirit when I hear that still small voice? Right. When I when I feel prompted to go pray for a stranger or to tithe or give money joyfully or or volunteer, do I act upon that that the idea of service or do I just stifle the Holy Spirit or resist the Holy Spirit and I think it's very powerful the power doesn't lie in you the power lies in the Holy Spirit of the one and true living God and will you submit to him or will you exalt yourself above his prompts so unless you die to yourself unless you circumcise your ears your heart your mind your life like unless you give up your life for the sake of God it's like you're sort of living in this potentially lukewarm area where you're going to exalt your will over God's will. And how can you say that you're a good and faithful servant if you're not putting God's will first in your walk? So this is, to me, this is a big call to action for any believer, this book, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We were talking a lot last week too, about like, would there be enough evidence to convict you, you know, of following Christ and here in America, like we just have everything so, so easy right at our fingertips it's it's our, the way we pursue God is mere just uh on just our comfort like what are we willing to sacrifice and we're not willing to do that well
1: and the thing of it is, is i mean you can't like underestimate the uh kind of brutal nature of these words that he said because i mean circumcision was kind of like i mean that was a the, big deal. yeah it was it was a big deal It was their identity you know and and they would look down on anybody who wasn't And for him to call them, you know, heathen or uncircumcised, I mean, that was like, like, that's part of their identity. It's like saying, you're not really American, you know, and that's essentially what he was saying. He's like, he's like coming at him. He's just like, like, yeah, you, you, you did the, you did the thing with, you know, your foreskin, but you haven't done anything else. You know, it hasn't changed your heart. It hasn't changed anything else about you, you're still as, like, vile and vindictive as you've ever been. And I mean, he just, like, held no punches, you know? He's, I mean, because he says, you know, this is what your ancestors did, and so do you. And he just, like, lays into him because, you know, they have not had that cutting away um, process done, you know, in their own hearts.
0: You know, the jury is still out, even, like, for, for myself, uh, you know, working in ministry. I got to be careful to not get lazy. Sometimes I even take the message as if, if I was being spoken to like this, like— you know, I'm going through all the motions, doing all the things, but my heart is far from God. That's, that's scary to me. Right. Because I'm also leading people, right. Right. We lead people, uh, in worship. We lead people in prayer and, you know, hoping that they start to deepen their relationship with Jesus by reading, uh, God's word. And like, that's the best thing that we can do is to point them in that direction. So if I'm just checking the boxes, but really not being led by the Holy Spirit, God can still use a person who's like limiting the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, if if God wants to speak through that person to get to someone, like he's going going to regardless. But at the same time, like how much more could God do through you if you're willing to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah.
2: and, And on that point, right? So everyone's like, so there's some, some believers who think, oh, I have repented once, everything is fine. And I get that. That's that's where, that's where your thinking is at. I understand, I understand where your heart is at and your knowledge base is at, right? And, and yet, what do we see time and time again? Jesus and the disciples say, repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit, repent from your wicked ways, all these sort of things, right? It's actually very important to, in, in my humble opinion— to repent when we are far away from God. Well like exactly what you're saying, to then go get filled with the Holy Spirit again because it's a free gift. God right. is free. The Holy Spirit will come and fill your life if you'll let him. But if you get distracted even 1 degree over a long enough period of time, you're way off course. Right. You're way off course of what God's plan is. And it's really easy to gloss over that part where it says um you stiff necked people, you know, s- circumcise your your hearts in your in your um ears, right? Or or like unclog them, essentially, right? Or you know, shed shed the scales, if you will. The circumcision thing is written in the book of Acts more than Leviticus and Deuteronomy combined. Which when, when I when I was going through the um my you know my research, I guess you can call it, or my studying of this, I was like, wow every Jew refers to the law so frequently and how religious you are is how, how well you hold to the law and, and how ceremonial and ritualistic you are, right? Your relig- religiosity, if you will. All
0: about like kind of like reaching your pinnacle. And, like, and, 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 like, and, then, <laughs> and then here's the thing, yeah. Leviticus
2: is the law, but Deuteronomy is the law given a second time, hmm. right? And it's interesting because in Leviticus, it, um, it talks about their foreskins as their flesh. But when you get into Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 10:16, and you shall circumcise the foreskin of your heart right and do not be stubborn mm. so Deuteronomy is giving it but it's giving it a more clear explanation now this is the transition and this is in the Old Testament right. so so there's no New Testament at this time there's only so when Stephen is talking to them about this they should have the 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 lights and the bells going right. off in their minds right. oh yeah foreskin Oh, my gosh, my heart. Like,
0: oh, my goodness. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep.
2: And yet here he is accusing them of being the murderers of the Messiah. Right. And if you know the Old Testament, like some of these Pharisees, Sadducees, lawyers, scribes, whatever should have it, or even teachers like uh, rabbis, you should be like the bell should be going off about Isaiah 53, right? Yep. About the suffering servant from Isaiah and how he would come for his people and his people
1: would these reject These would him. have had most of that memorized. So, yeah, mean. they would have
0: had to in order to be teachers, right? Instead, because it got called out so hard. Let's just kill this guy. <laughs> like, yeah, so either way, that, that was a part that I definitely wanted to bring up because in our walk, it's like,
2: do you need to remove the skin from your heart? Do you need to remove whatever is impeding your walk with Christ, period, or your ears? Like, do you hear God and then not obey? I know I'm guilty of both of those things. Yeah.
0: I I, I do. Um. I'll just answer for myself. Every day I have to ask God to help me crucify my flesh Amen. so that way I don't lead somebody or have somebody even stumble. Um, I've been able to experience a lot of situations with close family members or friends where they are secretly battling uh, some addiction or whatever the case might be, and I'm just not aware because they don't want to share it. They don't want to say anything. They're too ashamed of it, whatever the case might be. And yet God sees that. Right, but then what, what, what hurts me even more is the fact that I didn't see it, and then all of a sudden we get to a certain point in our life and I'm like, oh my goodness, I've like added to that. I've allowed this to continue to fester. Mm. Like I didn't help pull the weeds. What kind of brother am I? Right, that's what I processed for me, right? And so that helps me remain diligent. That helps me be a, a better steward of what God has entrusted me with. So that way, when I ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to operate from an overflow, I don't want to mislead somebody. And I also don't want to abuse the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, I don't want to, like, speak in a way that makes me feel like I'm above the Holy Spirit or, or speaking in some type of way, like, like, a, like a demand yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. No, if the Holy Spirit is going to do something, he's going to do it. Yeah, we don't, we don't command the Holy Spirit. Right, the saying. Holy Spirit asks us to do Go something, ahead. and then are you obedient? Right, and then that, that's why I have to check myself, right, <laughs> like before. <laughs> you know, uh, doing anything.
2: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being confident in your faith, I think, or confident in your walk and being like, you know, what?
0: we're not sheep, we're lions. And yeah,
2: all authority has been granted to us. And are we walking around bold like in the book of Acts? But at the same time, we cannot be prideful about this, can we? We must remember that we are stewards and servants of the most high God. And it's his will that we're chasing. So if we're just operating out of our own, you know, consciousness or operating out of our own intellect and I'm going to do this for the kingdom, your, your good deeds are like filthy rags before God. Mm. Why don't, why don't you like sacrifice your will to God, be a living and holy sacrifice onto him and he'll direct your steps. I'll make sure your path, right?
1: Yeah, Stephen's whole, uh, you know, sermon here was great because I mean, he just kind of, it's it's, it's like uh it's like a, almost like a bait and switch. I mean, you know, we were chatting before the meeting a little bit about sales and stuff. And a lot of times in sales, you get people, you know, what they call like the power of agreement, right? You get people to say a lot of yeses before you get to the ultimate kind of thing and uh, and that's kind of what he's doing he's like telling the history they're like yeah yeah that's right yeah that's right. yeah abraham yeah moses and then yeah, all of all a the, sudden and then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah
1: and it's like jesus whoa. and they're like whoa we're gonna hold push the brakes there but um get but, the stones but, but but something interesting too you know and i was thinking about it a little bit more you know johnny and i were chatting a little last week and you, uh you mentioned the thing about circumcision and how kind of like with the physical circumcision, it's, it's, it's centered around uh, an area that brings us pleasure, yeah. right. You know, and, uh, and how in our own heart, you know, it, it's similar. It's like, this is our, this is our, uh, thing that bl- brings us pleasure. People are like follow your heart and pe- people follow both of those body parts, if you will. Right. And, um, and the thing of it is, is, is it's, it's a sacrifice. Right. And, and that's kind of what I, it was this cutting away this, you know these areas in our life that we that we protect, that we hide, right? Um, these are areas that we kind of uh, you know keep from a majority of people. And God kind is of saying, you know, no, there needs to be a cutting away of this, a cutting away of your own <clears throat> selfish desires. And yeah, it's not the foreskin that matters; it's the the heart issue that really matters. That was symbolic. That kind of brought us to the point where we're at now. Where that has been kind of uh, wiped away as far as the adherence to that section of the law, but there is still that circumcision of the heart, and like you said, the the our our deaf ears being unclogged, and it's like, are we um, allowing God to cut away those areas in our heart that lead us astray? Because really, that that that's where the root issue is. He cleans you know? us
2: up from the inside of the cup outward. Not the, we wash right. the outside of the cup. He washes the inside and the outside of the cup. Yeah.
1: So the reason why I was even
2: bringing this up is I'm building up to this, this idea. So the Holy Spirit has been working diligently in my life, teaching me something the past week, right? Which is something that I've heard in, in Christianity and all these sort of things, in, in Christianity and sermons and all kinds of things online. There's something that happens to the believer who has been baptized and then receives the Holy Spirit, right? Which is the spiritual warfare with the flesh, the world, and, and the, the, the devil and his minions, which is this internal struggle of what you want to do. Fleshly, worldly, whatever. Chasing money, chasing you know, arrogance, pride, wh- whatever it may be. When you get sidetracked, it's the thing that inhibits you, right? It's the thing that stifles the Holy Spirit or quenches the Holy Spirit. And there are direct instructions in the Bible. Do not quench or stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So how many Christians out here who might even be listening to this podcast or, or, or at this, um, this table have wrestled with their flesh and the Holy Spirit, have wrestled with their will versus God's will, it is a daily battle. This is why it's called spiritual warfare. This is why it says put on the full armor of God so you can withstand the fiery arrows or darts from the enemy, right? And he gives you all the things that you need, your salvation, your breastplate of making the right choices, righteousness, the belt of truth, the boots of the readiness to give out the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. That's the word of God. Once you are well-equipped, you still have to go to battle after that.
0: Right.
2: And God's giving you all the tools you need to be successful in the in the skirmish or, or, or in the uh, in in the actual war, but if you don't tap into those things, then you're you're ill prepared for for battle, and that's how you will lose. Because how are you going to defeat something as powerful as a as a fallen perfect angel in his minions? Like we're below them in the in the, the um, theology in the, the hierarchy, right? We we are weaker than them. They can perform signs and wonders for goodness sakes, right? so super duper important to understand that like you can be baptized and you can receive the holy spirit but the the journey has just begun you just signed the contract for the military and you just went through your boot camp but now it's time guess what you're getting deployed overseas we say overseas overseas could be equated to you're going to war So congratulations. You just signed your contract with the military, i.e. God in this example, right? You just got baptized. There is your boot camp. We just got the old weak version of yourself, dead and gone. And now you've received your training. You've received the tools you need. Now go to war, go to war against fallen angels, go to war against every other human in the world who killed the prophets who killed you. And even your own people will be against you. In this case, the Israelites, right? Moreover, other Christians, or, or people who have bad theology because they don't study their Bible because they're not in submission to the Holy Spirit. So, and then on top of that, you're your own worst enemy. This idea of self stifling your actual purpose, why God even knitted you together in your mother's womb. So what does it look like to, to remove yourself from the equation? That's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It, 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 I'm, I'm literally speechless right now thinking about what the Holy Spirit revealed to me over the past week.
0: Yeah. Well, to even branch off of that, just uh, I can't tell you how many times within the last couple of weeks I'll talk to someone and they'll they'll talk about being challenged about something or something just happened or just it's something. They just keep saying something. I'm like, that's no, that's not something that's that's the Holy Spirit. And that's something that we were praying for. That's a major W right there, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I have to, like, literally let them be aware that what... And, and, and th- in some cases, these are people that have been baptized. In some cases, these are people that have, you know, given their life to... And I'm like, what? Like, did you leave the Holy Spirit, like, in the water? Like, you know what I mean? Like, or... Well, the water doesn't bring the Holy Spirit, according right. to the book of Acts, right? right. The book of Acts says that the,
2: the baptism, right is, you know, we we say in modern Christianity, it's a public declaration. I don't agree with that, because I think that's unbiblical. The reason why I think it's unbiblical, yeah, that happened in the River Jordan, but look at the eunuch. It was just Stephen, and it was the eunuch's idea. And then, uh, excuse me, Philip, rather. Uh, He he was just Philip, and it was just the eunuch. It was the eunuch's idea. He was like, look at this water, and then what's preventing us from being baptized? He gets baptized, and then Philip disappears, Mm -hmm. right? So where was the public in any of that? There was just God, Philip, and the eunuch. And, and then if you go into um, Acts 8, right, it says uh, 8.15, who went down and prayed for them so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. So there's, there's uh, qualifier number one, praying for someone to receive the Holy Spirit or even yourself, like it says in Luke. right? There's that passage. I, I quoted it, I, I believe it was last week. If you who are evil know how to give your kids good gifts, how much more will a Holy Father give you the Holy Spirit if you just ask him for it? Mm-hmm. So you don't need people to necessarily, you can just ask God yourself. That's, the, that's one of the first qualifiers for receiving the Holy Spirit. The, the one in, in Acts uh, 15, right? Uh, I'm going to go from 15 to 16. Who went down and prayed for them so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. 16, for he had not fallen on any of them. But they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the baptism right there is getting disqualified from receiving the Holy Spirit by the scriptures themselves. Now, this is the same idea people say, oh, the Holy Spirit isn't a person. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God. It says he right here in in plain English. So am I wrong here, Judah? You're you're a pastor. Well, I mean, mean,
1: the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, you know, which is three in one. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, some people disagree with the... Theology of the of the Trinity, and it is a little a little vague, um, in the sense that um, you know we're never going to fully understand uh, the Trinity and how how it works in relation to the the Godhead and how how it works in relation to us. But yeah, I mean it, it's it's not a force, it's not a power, it's a spirit of God. It says it's so, a he, right? <laughs> literally right so, here in verse sixteen. Yeah, now now verse seventeen,
2: right? Then they placed their hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. So you have two qualifiers here, right? And a disqualifier, which is the actual water baptism, right? So which is the praying and asking for the Holy Spirit. And the other one is the laying on of hands for someone to receive it. Yeah. So that's, that's foundational for being, being setting the wheels in motion to start fighting as a warrior for God. The age-old cosmic battle between good and evil. And then you chose a side... That's what this is about. This is about choosing a side. I mean, has anyone here seen the Sean Ryan podcast before? It's one of the most rapidly growing uh, podcasts. It's competing with Joe Rogan right now. That's how popular it is. He's a former CIA operative and a former Navy SEAL, and he often interviews scientists. It's a lot of the same kind of thing as Joe Rogan, but it's more military and patriotic-based. But just yesterday, he had his wife interview him, and he gave his testimony on how he came to Jesus and how many years it took for him to get to Jesus and all these things. And it's flying off, the, it's like millions of views already. It's, it's insane, because he's like, I decided that I've had enough, and I finally found a place where my, these ideas of morality and doing what's right and the way I was brought up, is still, it's still okay, right? And then he shared with some of his military buddies from Navy SEALs and all this stuff, and they were like, we've been praying for this. I don't think you realize how many people have been praying for this. And even me, I don't know any of these guys. I've been praying for this guy since I first heard his podcast, because I, I often pray for people that I feel like people forget, like the Forgotten or celebrities. They're like, oh, they got money. They don't, need, they don't need Jesus. So I was elated. When I heard this guy give his testimony, I literally was driving home from work, and I screamed for joy. And then I heard him give his testimony, and I started to tear up, and I just couldn't help but thank Jesus for saving him, yeah. for, for, for the sacrifice that, that, that God gave. But this is, this is the point I'm making right now, is that one of his buddies, who is a, also a Navy SEAL, who gave his life wholeheartedly, said, you've chosen a side now. Now you're going to suffer the consequences for choosing what side you're going to be part of because yeah. by default you're not on the winning team right. by default you're an agent of the enemy without even realizing it like an atheist is working for satan without even re- without even getting paid right. you know what i mean yeah. and and once you decide to be a christian you've cho- you've chosen of course the winning side but now they're really going to come after you sure. and that's that's what his friend eddie penny was telling me he was like look you're, you're going to have spiritual war for now but he says don't worry god's going to send angels around you to help you minister, protect you. These are your guardian angels. And he says, so just don't worry. It's going to be okay. And that's what we need to remember is that God is sending. God loves us. Like God loves your children more than you love your children. God loves your parents more than you love your parents. Right? So, of course, he's going to protect those whom he loves. Right? Period. You know?
1: Where do we get this theology of guardian angels anyway?
2: Well, the word angel, right, comes from the Greek word angelos, right, or in Hebrew, melech, and it just means messenger. So, of course, there's guardian messengers. I mean, there were messengers all throughout the Bible. Sometimes, like in the in the book of Acts in the beginning, they were in gleaming white clothes or whatever. Right, but,
1: I mean, the, the implication of guardian angels is that I have angels that are, like, specifically assigned to me to station to watch over me and protect me.
2: Well, I mean, think about the angel who opened the door for for the disciples to get out of jail or peter was or, that his
1: guardian angel well
2: it, it was an angel it was, certainly was an angel that was guarding his life in that moment it was guarding him yeah, yeah. I, I i just I mean I, it literally not yeah. I, don't, I don't mean it by like church history it, 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 it's, yeah. just, it's
1: just it's, it's like this it's like this derivative theology that's based on like like a couple passages a couple yeah. passages that really don't i mean we have the holy spirit what more do we need you know, I mean I mean honestly, I mean the the well, the, the, Holy the, is what the angels the, angel, right? the angels are messengers of God and this is the thing like cuz I mean you can go to, down the angel theology
2: <laughs> angelology and um, yeah, it's a real it's a real thing
1: and uh and and people that are they're like I mean, I've seen this happen. people like commanding angels to do things and commanding do this and angels. that and all this oh, stuff that's real. because we wow. have we, we have authority over angels I mean there's we a lot do? of verses really? that um, that going to well, judge them it says yeah that that they kind of pull these things out of but again it's it's uh yeah, I mean, I, which is a little side. side no, no that, listen, but, uh, that's what the podcast is yeah. for, right? Because I say the
2: word guardian angel and it may elicit a, a, like a, a thought process in someone's mind of, oh, I learned that in whatever, catechism or something like that. But I'm not talking about like a dedicated angel. Maybe there is that, but the Bible isn't talking about that. when the Bible says the word angel or, or, or angelos or malec, it's talking about a job title of someone bringing a message wait, wait. from God. So when you share the gospel... With somebody, when you truly share the gospel, you are, in turn, a yeah. angel. You are a messenger of the gospel. Right, right. Johnny, and when you minister the gospel, or when you minister to somebody, you're being an angel because you're, you're quoting the scriptures to them. So, but I'm not sitting here saying, like, I have wings and I have a halo because Lord knows I'm, I'm, I'm a fallen creation, you know, descendant of, of Adam. But when I have Jesus, I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and I'm no longer scarlet red and i'm as white as white.
3: johnny what, what if guardian angel really is a job and in the afterlife you could apply for this job and there's a whole agency for guardian angel. Yeah, right. Oh my <laughs> well come on let's have some fun with it <laughs> well, what's, what's that movie it's a
2: wonderful life right yeah. like when the old timer shows up and he's like Clarence, I, my wig. Yeah, Clarence. Clarence, yeah, I love that movie
1: yeah i, I mean uh just within that because i mean a lot of times we have this just idea that like oh i i tripped and i could have fell but i didn't fall because my guardian angel you know, protected me or whatever else like that. And like that whole, that whole kind of ideology is, um, is, is not really apparent in scripture. Yes, certainly there's angels that, um, that delivered, delivered messages and certainly angels that did protect like, like you referred to. Um, I think that, uh, that, you know, angels, um, are a large part of spiritual warfare and i think that um as a result that there are angels or angelic powers that um that will fight spiritual warfare like on our behalf you know as we pray as we seek god yeah like in daniel i mean there's there's like powers and principalities there's things at work you know in another dimension that we're not even aware you know that that right now i mean as we're speaking right um Theoretically, there could be a battle going on around us that we're not aware of because, because, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there is because, because the, uh, the devil, the enemy wants to claim this area that we're in right now for him. And so there's angelic forces at work saying, no, like you, you, you don't have any power here because you know, Jesus Christ and whatever. But you know, again, I, I don't, I don't see it as like we have, uh, you know, yeah, that we're commanding angels and saying, "Hey, you go and protect this person." And I have a guardian angel, and like, making sure. And I've heard people say, "Like, oh, when I walk down the street, I got two angels by my side, making sure nothing happens to me." I mean, like maybe, like God could do whatever He wants, but there's no like, there's nothing cut and dry that yeah. says this, that, and yeah. whatever. And and I mean, it's it's fun stuff to speculate about. But what, it's, what if what if there actually is a full
3: blown battle? Like, there's angels around us, and they got there swords. Is. The Bible out. says that there is, yeah. yeah. and, right and right they're now. fighting yeah. off like left and right stuff. Yeah going yeah, on on yeah, it says that
2: that's happening for sure
1: yeah. and the weapons of our warfare are not not carnal i mean you know theologically um I, I wouldn't base any theology on the books but uh but back in the day frank peretti had you know a bunch of interesting books the first of which was this present darkness and um and it it portrayed the angelic battle unlike any other that i've seen and and and, it, and it's it's great these were like back in the 90s they were kind of like like christian like Horror, gore, kind of like you know, books. Is it
3: fiction or is it? Oh, biblical? it's fiction.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. It's okay. fiction, but but I mean, what it does. It's
3: Bible fanfics.
1: But but what it but what it does as you're reading it is because um, it's talking about like this this community and like these de- demonic forces that are going on. And again, I wouldn't base a the theology off of it, but what it does is it opens up your eyes to the potential mm-hmm. of what is going on. And, and in this case, well, it, like- it shows it shows the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. That when people are praying how it, it is attracting and empowering the angelic forces. It's like, it's like the, the guy that gets parachuted in and sends the radio signal, say, Hey, send all the troops here kind of a thing or, or send, send the missiles here. Well, it's like prayer, at least in his, you know, depiction is much like that saying, here's where we need your help. And then the angelic forces come in and begin to do battle. And, and so it, what's interesting though, is that it also shows the contrast of the lack of prayer shows the lack of that protection,
2: you know? Yeah, so like on that, right? Like there's something to be said for the term intercessory prayer, right? Because I believe it was Moses or or it might have been Abraham or it might even have been Lot where somebody bargained with God or reasoned with God and God allowed this human being to reason with him. So God is reasonable, which I think that's part of a characteristic, one of the characteristics of being holy, right? Um, So you can pray and God can intercede on someone's behalf but it's like are you thinking like that right are you thinking or, uh, God's not God's disinterested in me like let's say like, you're, like you're, you're a deist right like a deist is a person who thinks that like God wound up the universe like a clock and then walked away from it and has no interest in it it was just something he made and walked away there's people who really believe that when if you read the Bible it's clear that God will literally send like in the case of Daniel send angels because of fasting right because who was the angel who appeared Did, did it uh, was it Michael who? yeah, yeah. So, th- Daniel yeah Yeah, so Michael shows up to Daniel, and it's because Daniel fasted. He did something to deny his foreskin or his flesh or his heart or whatever. He did a spiritual unseen thing to others, which was he just denied his flesh and how many how was it 21 days 21 yeah 21 days it took the the angel to get to him because of how much evil was around i think at the time right prince He's, of persia which yeah, was, was holding representative
1: back, yeah. of the uh, demonic forces and yeah.
2: so it's like so there's something to be said for intercessory prayer there's something to be said for fasting which i think is often neglected just as much as prayer if not more
1: well and, and that's and that's the thing too is is that again the nice thing about those books again you know some people would would base their whole theologies off of them, which I don't recommend any basing our theology off of anything other than scripture, but, but what it does is it shows you, you know, the power of prayer. And I've, I've told, I've said this, you know, numerous times, it's like, you know, cause somebody recently, um, had asked me about, uh, what they could do for, you know, to help their family, you know, get closer to God other than prayer kind of a thing. And I'm like, other than prayer, it's like, maybe it, like what, what more, pray. what more can you do than prayer though? fasting like what well, but, but that's not that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is it's like there's no advice that you can give someone that is going to have a bigger benefit than praying for them so so prayer is the most powerful thing that we can do yeah i absolutely we we tie that in with fasting and it becomes you know um it a power, a, a, yeah it boosts the signal but in in the spiritual realm again it's like we don't realize um what's going on around us. And if we could see our spiritual physique, what would it look like? Right? I mean, we we look at people's physique, right? I mean, some of us we we work out, some of us, whatever. And it's like you look at somebody like, oh, I could tell that you work out by how you look, by your muscles, by your size, by your whatever. But what if we could see each other's spiritual physique? Lord have mercy. You know, what would that look like? Oh, yeah. You know, maybe some people would be you know, jacked that we don't even realize is that. Yeah. And there's some people that we think are jacked. Dark are on not. the inside. Yeah, you there's know? no light glowing. No and, salt. Uh, and, and so all of this becomes, you know, a nature or, or an aspect of, of, of prayer in our personal life. And do, you, do you remember Shallow Hell? I yes. saw it. Yeah,
3: yeah, I saw that movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a Jack Black movie where he gets hypnotized, where he start, he sees people's inner beauty. But in the film, they take the inner right. beauty and they make it external beauty. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, like he sees like a girl who, like, physically is. A large woman sees her as uh, beautiful, right? Because she, as her, she's yeah. a beautiful person. So it's, uh, yeah, it just reminded me of that. Yeah, like, yeah, it's the same,
1: same kind of thing. No, but so. I,
2: I like springboarding off that. The idea of like, you know, you're you're in a war, and then the guy parachutes in for the intel. He puts up his radio antenna, and he's like, "This is where it needs to happen. Send the troops here, right?" Mm-hmm. So that when you said that, I was like, "Well, fasting boosts the signal." So imagine a world conflict where every country, every tribal nation, everything, right, is at war. With one another and it's so complicated and all you have are these we'll call them Christians but you know this this military and they're getting parachuted in all these different. and everyone is praying so there's all these different radio signals and the operator has to process all these but when you fast it boosts the signals like this is a priority signal mm. I'm doing something to put this this prayer this message to God above and beyond all the other prayers people not that it's more important but to me it's more important so I think I think fasting definitely I mean a lot of churches they do it once a year maybe twice a year that kind of thing they do like a Lent or they do like a, a Daniel fast or something that's not every church, but in in my life, I'm 41. You know, I've been uh, at Thrive for how many years now? Five or six years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think it's awesome that we do that fast. I think it's awesome if people want to go to Stuff for a Lent. But just like prayer isn't just for Christmas or Easter. Like you could sure. pray every... It says pray without ceasing. Right. And we could certainly we would die if we fasted without ceasing, but, but the idea is that we can do a lot of things that Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that you can do that Christ did and Christ is our example.
1: Yeah. Well, and and within that, I mean, for us, it's, it's a, it's a hope to, to wet people's appetite or lack of it um, for doing these things. But you're right. I mean, these are things that should be incorporated into our life as a discipline, not as like, okay, I'm just waiting around once a year to do something, you know, in a corporate thing, you know, whatever it's like, you know, we should be um, living the powerful life. To live the powerful supernatural life, you have to do the supernatural powerful things. Exactly. It's like, si- it's
2: like signing up for the military, like I said before, right? You do your boot camp or whatever. You get your baptism. You receive the Holy Spirit. But then you never pray. You never work out. You you know, you, you never fast. You never do a uh, simulated battle. Like, you just sit there stagnant. And you've used the the like the football game analogy before right. or metaphor where you're like, being being Christian is not a spectator sport. You get out on the field and you play ball, right? And if you're not, sometimes God will just throw the ball right into your hands and then everyone's going to try to kill you, right? So,
0: But you're also not on your own when you're playing that sport Of course sport not. You're either. on the winning team. You, got, you won the Super Bowl. You, you got your teammates. You got God as your coach, right? Because like, you're head in the like, game, right? <laughs> right. When you get the ball, the enemy's going to go for you because you got the ball. You got the Holy Spirit. But if you get hurt, what do you do? You ask your coach. You ask your team to help lift you. You sit out. You get recovered. You go back in. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and the unfortunate thing is, is that yeah you can lose by the opponent hitting you, maybe too hard. But in in our spiritual battle we weren't going to lose because of that. But you will lose when you start arguing with your teammates
2: over guardian angels. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Or over fasting. But, but
1: but I mean like, to say that again. But, but you start arguing. You put the ball down and you start swinging punches.
2: A house divided against itself will fall. Sad according to kept, Jesus, right? dude. Yeah. Oh, man. So, Michael, I know that you were probably in the Book of Acts more than me this week. So, I want to pick your brain. What do you got?
4: Uh, I went through. Uh, I went through seven and eight. Um, I mean, I. I uh, I think I read a different version. I read the NLT version. Um, so there was actually no mention of circumcision. There was the. Uh, yeah,
1: it says heathen there, which is from the from the same uh, Greek word that that circumcision was come from. So yeah. That's that's the difference there, but yeah, it's the same basic. I imagine Stephen would have definitely said
2: the word circumcision oh, in Hebrew, yeah, for sure, rather than heathen. But I'm a stickler for transliterations, but go ahead.
4: And uh, and just the fact that you know he was there on trial and he you know told him or not on trial but there to you know um, you know explain himself. He was asked to explain himself and that he did you know go through uh, you know Moses and uh, you know. When I read this, it was, um, you know, at the end, it was, uh, it was very, it was very um, difficult for for me to understand, really, um, what he was talking about. Um, I read through it a bunch of times, and uh, it took me a while to actually figure out, you know, what he was talking about, and I'm still, honestly, trying to figure it out.
2: You're saying how Stephen was recounting all the stuff from the Old Testament
4: yeah yeah and he was going through and he was recounting all the stuff from the old testament and um and it for some reason it was just very difficult for me to understand he's sitting there you know on trial, and uh you know he's going to he's gonna die he's gonna die, and um he's just spitting back to these people what um what moses uh what moses what Moses um, did, um, what Jesus did. And I just don't understand really how these people that are so holy, um, that are in the word all the time, just don't understand what Stephen's talking about. Like why are they, I, I just don't understand, they are the holy people that are supposed to be leading.
1: You mean you don't understand why the religious leaders didn't get it?
4: Yeah, I I don't understand why the religious leaders didn't get it. Like, I I, I don't understand. I just don't get it. So
2: I'll explain it to the best of my ability, and maybe somebody else here can do so as well. That's the reason why that word uncircumcised or circumcised is so important to understand in its colloquial understanding with people 2,000 years ago who are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because they've passed this torch on of these sacred scriptures, the writings of these prophets, and they're doing their best to steward these teachings of God telling humans how to human through the prophets. And yet these are the same fathers of these Israelites who killed the prophets. And that's what Stephen is saying. He's saying, you guys have become your your ancestors who were in the wilderness who God did not allow into the promised land. You guys have become those who persecuted. Was it Jezebel who hunted down... um, What's his name, the prophet? Elijah. Elijah. Elijah, they call him the warrior prophet because he was able to call down fire and bears to maul people. And he did all these, he literally was taken away in a chariot of fire, right? This is how they respect Elijah so much. That's who they're waiting for to come back to announce the Messiah, which newsflash, it was John, but whatever. So, So that's what this is all about. This is all about this idea that what Stephen is saying to them is you guys are blind because you have scales on your eyes, because your ears have not, because your heart has not been circumcised yet. You have not followed the prompting of what God has instructed you to do in the Torah, the instructions of Moses, which I said it in Deuteronomy. It's right there in Deuteronomy twice, where it says circumcision isn't about your foreskin on your body as much as it's about, or equally, to that of your heart and your ears. So, so you're like, I don't understand these people couldn't do it. Well, Stephen is telling them to their face, you guys are doing it wrong. This is it. This is this is the good news. And so just like their ancestors, they're blind. They're blind to what God is doing. And they out of their own pride and arrogance, they think they understand it better than Stephen.
1: Well, I was just gonna say, I mean, it, it comes back to pride, right? Because yeah. I mean because pride, you know, the, the admission of, oh, I missed it, you know, but but who are you? Some some do that. Like, what's your job? Even your job is to serve food. For crying out loud! For, to widows. Right. I'm right. a
0: Pharisee. I'm a lawyer. I'm right. A strip. I like, memorized the Torah since I was twelve yeah. or thirteen. And you know how many? You know how many hours I spend in study? Like all these things. You know? You. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And so it's pride, and the pride turns to rage, and uh, they weren't having. And then murder. Yeah. And then and then murder. And because throughout this, it's like they were they were claiming the spiritual high ground and all of this. And
4: also, but who gave the, them the authority to do that? In their eyes, the law. Yeah.
2: They they clung to the scriptures there because you know. they thought that in them they had life. When mm-hmm. Jesus says to their face, you cling to the scriptures because you think in them you have life, but those are the scriptures that testify of me, and I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, like, this. these are important words of our Messiah, our Savior, the one who saves humanity from, ultimately, the lake It's almost like
0: they accepted authority over their religious teachers than they did God themselves. Like, whoever did anything before them that was marvelous, you know, that's what they wanted to echo, or a little bit louder, like make a name for themselves. But it, what
4: was Stephen doing wrong? That's that's what nothing, I, that's really nothing, what I don't get. He did is everything like righteous is like right? he's 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 good. He's doing <laughs> yeah, good it, things. He's not doing anything wrong. Yeah, but uh, that's that's what I mean. Who gave them the like they, like who they, are you? They
1: they did. They gave you know they they have the. They have the high priest who i believe right there was two in in this period of time there's There's yeah the high priest is right there he's talking to stephen so he's kind of set up there as their intermediary between god and man then you've got the um the, the well the Sanhedrin and the Sanhedrin is the governing council. The governing council is made up of two political parties. Not really political parties, it's political slash religious. Much in our own world. You know how how our politics has a certain religion, you know, possibly uh embedded into it. Yeah, that thing broke. <laughs> um embedded into it. And uh so they have these two religious slash political parties and they're going at it. So the these Sadducees are more the old guard. They're the ones that have been around for a long period of time. They're the ones that have their idea of how scripture should be interpreted. They don't believe in a resurrection. Then you've got the Pharisees, and this is the new guard. This is the the um the the people coming in and they're the progressives of the day. And they're um, their logic is is actually valid in some ways. They're like, we need to go back to the original text. We need to go back to that. We need to start re- realizing the law. We need to start adhering to these things. We we need to stop, you know, cutting all these corners that we've been cutting for so many times. Then you have the third kind of group that is often mentioned. And that's the scribes, and and while they had their own opinions, their primary um, concern was in. Um, biblical interpretation but it was, it's literally in writing it down so they were they would be the ones who would you know write this stuff down so so these people are like embedded in it I mean these are the the the, the lawyers of the day who interpreted the law you got the Pharisees you got the Sadducees and they're all like this is what we're doing then this guy comes up and and they they'd, they, they killed Jesus already they're hoping to put an end to this and and here Stephen comes in they're saying okay you know what's going on they probably would have let him go honestly if he just came in and said you know what like i did xyz i'll take the flogging yeah i'll take the flogging let me go but no he doesn't do that like he he goes in and and he kicks the hornet's nest and he kicks him where it hurts and he slaps him in the face with this right so so, I mean, cause he's building this whole case and they don't know where he's going. And again, I, I can imagine they're all like nodding, they're all agreeing. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. this is, yeah, Okay. We, we know where you're going. Maybe this guy does know yep. his stuff. Because a lot of times in Jewish arguments. Okay. So when you would sit down to argue some kind of esoteric, you know, aspect of the law, whether or not, you know, you've committed sin because you drank a glass of water and there was inadvertently a, a gnat flew into it and drowned, but you didn't see it and you sipped it. Right. And you swallow that. Well, now does that you know condemn me or not? Well, they would sit and they would begin their things. Well, it all begins with Abraham, and they would recount the story leading up to the point that they why would try to same. make. Yeah, exactly. Right. So why this is okay or why this isn't okay? So, so they would always start at the same beginning. So no matter where they were arguing, they'd always start with the same beginning because everybody there. I mean, this was a, a, a an oral. And these people were, were oral uh um debaters and uh and so it was like there was a protocol to how you would debate things and how you talk about things so they said oh yeah well back when abraham did this then this, then this, and everybody's okay, yeah, we're tracking with you, we're tracking with you, we're tracking with you. Oh, you you deviated there, and I don't agree with you there. Yeah, and then and
4: Stephen took it all the way so, to Jesus. So
1: Stephen takes it all, all the way to Jesus. Which is how it's supposed
2: to be t- taken. Right. I, yeah, yeah, clearly.
1: But but now they've now disconnected. Like, we were with you until, until you mentioned Jesus. Jesus. And then now you mention it. and then he brings circumcision into it, which again is like it's like saying, you know, the American flag or whatever. And he's like, you're flying the American flag, but you're not even a real American. And he's saying, you know, yeah, you've all been circumcised, but you haven't even been circumcised. You're, you're just as a heathen as the Gentiles. And now— Or
2: worse, you're, or you're worse. like the person—you're you're like your forefathers who killed right. the prophets, who gave us the law.
1: Right. And so now he's That's not only way. accusing them of killing Jesus, but essentially being in a lineage of prophet killers. And so now they're like, okay, you want to fight? Stone him. And so that's where it, you know, they basically fly off the handle, you know, and whatever. Verse. Na- and
4: then Saul and then Saul goes off and starts, you know, going door to door, just killing people. Right.
1: Because I mean, he, Steven lit a flame there. That was like, okay, I guess know, I
4: just don't understand the hate. Like, I don't understand. Well, that's the, what it is. Like, it's not love. It's hate. Yeah. I, I, well, I guess I just don't, I guess that's what I don't understand. But, but, it's like what,
1: but wow. see, he, okay, let, let, let's go supernatural for a moment and then we'll probably have to wrap this up. But, um, like Johnny said before, if you don't choose a team, you're inadvertently doing on what team? You're working for the devil, right? So if you if you're if you're not choosing a team, it doesn't matter. Which is why like I wondered for a while, how come people in our world, say in our country, for example, um, would uh would like really tout tolerance over, say, um, Muslims and Islamic, right? Even though like the brutality towards the LGBTQ community was like through the roof. Right. I mean, so it's like, so they're like, oh, we need to be tolerant of all, you know, oh, you're Islamic, we love you and all this stuff. And yet they're like, not even just like anti-homosexual. They like, kill them in their they home kill countries. Them yeah. in their countries. Yeah, it's right? like, to kill them. Now, now Christians, yeah, there's some people that are jerks out there, but, but they're not killing people. Right? So it's like, they're saying, we need to be tolerant towards these people, but not towards Christians because Christians are the bad guys. And it got me wondering, I'm like, how are these two people, uh, groups of people that are against each other, like literally if they only could see it, but why are they unified against Christians?
3: Christianity? Yeah, of course. And,
1: well, it's like what Johnny said, if you don't choose what side you're on, you're on the devil's side. So really you're all on the same team anyway, but you don't realize it, but you don't realize it. So the thing with the Pharisees, Why are they coming against? Because they're working for the devil. And they don't realize And And they don't realize it. Jesus Jesus told them that. Yeah, Jesus
2: said it right to their face. He says... It's a spiritual thing. They said, our father, we have Abraham. And he goes, no, your father is the devil. That's why you're thinking about killing me. He read their minds to their face. Right.
1: So in this case, they're not looking for truth. Right? They're they're not looking for truth. They're like so steeped in their own ways. They're just so anti-Jesus and anti-whatever that inadvertently it's not like they're all on the same team saying let's figure this out now ultimately there were people that ended up converting and you know changing obviously Saul Paul was yeah, one Joseph of
2: them of right? yeah
1: I mean there, there was you know a lot of them Gamaliel was probably on the fence yeah. um so we see that happening but it was like they're they're coming after something and it's like well why is it it's because of Jesus like Jesus was the dividing factor in all of history you know it's like he came in on the scene and and uh and now they're like you know well if we accept it then now we're also admitting all of our wrong yeah. in the past and so so i mean it's just like it, it was uh it, pride is there so that that's why they did it they weren't looking for the truth they're looking to support their own ideologies, you know? And that
2: goes back to that whole parable Jesus gives about the landowner who builds the tower and makes, plants the vineyard, hires the workers, right. right? And then he goes away to a foreign land to conduct business and he sends back messengers to collect his portion of the proceeds. And what do they do? The people, the workers, they have sort of been like, this is ours now. We take care of it every day. He's not even around. And then they beat up and run off the servant. And then they ultimately end up killing the the owner of the land's beloved son, right? You know what I mean? So it's... It's all right there. Yeah.
1: So, anyhow, let's wrap up for now. Um, we kind of dabbled just a tiny bit in eight, but we're going to continue reading that. But again, I mean, obviously, all of this is still still open because there's a ton still uh, left in this. Um, so, we'll pick back up next week. Thank you guys for joining us. It's been a blast. And we'll uh, see you next week. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.